What's up, everybody? I'm Mike Wilson with Any Hour Services, and we're proud to help bring you this podcast. If you ever need a resource for information about your home's electrical, plumbing, heating, or air conditioning system, you can find Any Hour Services on Facebook, YouTube, or online at anyhourservices.com. I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Hi, I'm Jess Larson. This is Ideation Collective. Today on the show, we've got Zach Olson, founder of Bookly. Everybody kind of has their own reasons of starting a business, and And I'm not saying, like, one is right and one is wrong. You know, some people, it kind of comes down to, like, asking yourself, you know, what kind of business are you really trying to build? You know, is it a lifestyle company? You know, are you just looking to, like, try and make a good living and buy a cool car and a good house and take vacations? And again, there's nothing wrong with that because, you know, we work hard so we can play hard and enjoy life. But, you know, I think the other aspect is, like, Again, thinking about, are you trying to build a company that has a lasting impact? This is another episode of our Innovation and Leadership series, where we interview rocket scientists, pro athletes, Hollywood filmmakers, and a wide variety of other high achievers. If you like what you hear, we're also going to be releasing exclusive bonus materials like PDF checklists, reports, and presentations, but only for members of the collective. If you're interested in those, as of this recording, you can still join for free on the Ideation Collective website, which is iCollective.co slash free. Again, iCollective.co slash free. Also, before getting rolling, we want to invite you to consider helping the charity our founders started called Child Rescue. We work to combat child sex trafficking in the United States and abroad. One of our foreign projects we're working on right now is helping to build an aftercare orphanage in Cusco, Peru. To learn more about that, please come to the Child Rescue section on our website, iCollective.co slash Child Rescue. So with that out of the way, let's get to the interview. Today on the show, we've got Zach Olson, founder of Bookly. Zach, thanks for being on the show. No, I'm super excited to be part of part of the show and uh, yeah, looking forward to, to talking today. Okay, so tell us, tell us about Bookly. What's Bookly? Uh, well, Bookly, I guess at, at its core, we are a software-enabled service. So we are totally changing the way small businesses deal with their back office, their bookkeeping and taxes and payroll. Um, so we're, we're totally disrupting the way small businesses are dealing with those headaches. So we provide an amazing software that simplifies tracking all the revenue and expenses. And then we also have an in-house accounting team who you know, really handles all the dirty work. I mean, nobody starts a business to try and become an accountant or a bookkeeper. Um, so we take care of that headache for them. So like, give me an example. So let's say yeah. our charity, Child Rescue, we're saying, hey, the donations are coming in. We're sponsoring this aftercare facility, this rescue mission. Yeah. What, what are the things we might use Bookly for? Uh, well, really from that perspective, you know, we want our number one priority for any of our clients is we want you to focus your time and energy on what you do best, which is running the charity and, you know, working on amazing things. Um, so from that perspective, where we would come in is handle literally the monthly bookkeeping. So making sure that you're tracking those donations, that everything's getting accounted for, that you have an eye on your expenses and, you know, the lights are staying on more, more importantly. Um, and then from there, we can also help with, you know, come end of the year, you know, tax preparation, you know, as you're growing your team, we can help out with the payroll aspect. So again, it's just allowing you to have your time back, um, while having that, you know, peace of mind, that reassurance that, you know, all the important dynamics that make a successful business continue to operate are happening. So that's what we deliver. Interesting. Well, um, you know, I love, you know, as a, as a snowboarder, skateboarder at heart, <laughs> I love kind of the story of how this whole idea, you know, there are skateboards around here in the office. <laughs> tell, tell us about the, the path that, that you ended up uh, getting to here. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a very, like, unlikely path. Um, you know, it's, it, it's super funny because, you know, as kids, we always get asked that question, like, by our parents, 
you know, what, what is it that you want to do when you grow up? You know, that's always the big question. And, you know, how I answered that was, it was always, I wanted to be a professional skateboarder. Um, and that still hasn't changed. I still want to be one. However, you know, that actually happening is sponsored by Buckley. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'll be my own sponsor. So, um, uh, so, so that's really the genesis is like, I grew up, you know, wanting to be a skateboarder as I got older and it, you know, after I wrecked, I was slower to get up. Um, I realized that, you know, being a professional probably wasn't in the cards. So the next best thing was working in the industry somehow. And I always had that entrepreneurial bug, like, you know, everything from mowing lawns and and everything as a kid. So the next best thing again was like opening up a skate shop. You know, I was able to fully submerse myself in what I really loved and, and, you know, trying to be your own boss at the same time is, that's an amazing thing. So at 23, uh, that's when I decided like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this like my life's mission. Um, and at the time, um, I was dating my now wife. So I talked my girlfriend into starting the skate shop with me, which was a crazy adventure, you know, in itself. Um, so at 23, you know, we went at it, we opened up the store and yeah, we, that was really my first, you know, full experience into being a, an entrepreneur. And it, it was one of the best experiences. And, and, and tell us the name of the, oh yeah. So the, the name of it was Soho Skate Lab and it was based in St. George, St. George, Utah. So, um, yeah, and, and really, Bookly started to come from those experiences. Um, you know, really, at the heart of it, I wanted to run the business. I didn't want the business to run me. And that's kind of what ended up happening. And that's what ended up, that happens to so many entrepreneurs, is, you know, they have this concept, this dream, this passion. And there's a lot of byproducts that go with that, like, payroll and bookkeeping and taxes and all the the nuances that we don't really, you know, think about when we're totally obsessed with our passion. So, um, you know, we went kind of the the traditional route of, you know, going down the road, hiring that local accountant, local CPA. And from our experience, there's just traditionally a lag because um, traditional accounting, from from my perspective, it's really one of the last industries that has really been disrupted in a positive way from technology. And, um, you know, hiring that local accountant, we were really at a disadvantage because we we're, you know, not getting our financials on time or as quickly as we went, as we needed them. And in business, you know, you're trying to make, you know, you're trying to predict the future, you know, based on like, what's happening yesterday. Um, so from, from that perspective, it was pretty difficult, you know, with that gap or the delay in, in getting our financials. Um, so we tried to take matter into our own hands and we started doing our own books. And, you know, what a lot of people don't understand is, especially as an entrepreneur or, or being in a startup, there's always an opportunity cost with your time, you know, and, you really have to figure out, and, and this is probably, I, I think everybody struggles with it is delegation, trying to figure out where am I getting the best return on my investment of my time. And what I found out really quickly running a skate shop is doing bookkeeping and doing payroll and all of all of those headaches, that was not the best ROI on my time because you know, we were there doing everything else from marketing to getting customers and, you know, managing a, a, a sponsored skate team and all these other cool things. Um, you know, nobody wants to sit in the back room punching numbers. Yeah. So it's kind of a long tail story of, of the buildup of Bookly. Sure. So. Well, um, how do you think that the skateboard background has, you know, created a different corporate culture here uh, and just uh, for you as a person, <laughs> how, how do you think that affects you as an entrepreneur, dad, yeah, husband, whatever? That's a really cool question because, um, and I'm sure anybody who's listening or anybody who has come from like the skate or like extreme sport, you know, I guess vertical or, or, or scene, um, the unique advantage I think, and, and maybe it's, 
an unfair advantage to others who don't come from maybe that type of a background is it's very disruptive. It's very like, and I don't want this to have like a negative connotation. It's very like anti-authority, but in a positive way. And, and what I mean by that sometimes is, it's a positive. Yeah. So, sometimes. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, so the, the unique advantage there is just like you question everything, you know, you question the status quo and you question like, okay, is this really the best way of doing things? And I think that that has really been, I mean, such an advantage to me in my personal life and professional life of, you just kind of have to question things constantly and, and not just think that because it's been done a certain way for, you know, 10, 20, 30 years, that that's the right or the best way. So, you know, um, we just had a guy on the show. He was a regular British military and then became 22 SAS. You know, it's like their version of SEAL Team 6, Delta Force awesome. kind of guy. Yeah. And he talked about the advantage of, of that world and special forces, special operations forces and the the kind of the habit of progression. Yeah. And as you're talking, I'm just thinking in my head of like <laughs> all the skaters through the years, you know, watching all like the toy machine videos and the whatever. And like, you're like, you know, Jamie Thomas did, the, did that 13 stair barefoot. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're like, they're like, it is a, it's a culture of progression. I mean, cause I can, th- when you say questioning, I can think cynical questioning. Yeah. You know, I can think yeah. of the kids who just sat around sitting on the curb smoking all the time yeah. questioning things but i think about the like that action sports world of like uh questioning for the purpose of progression yeah. like in the and like the the like um not being interested in other people's rules being interested in what's possible and pushing yeah. the envelope and that's that's exactly it right there i mean it, it really is it's like that it's progression and i think as humans like we're naturally inclined you know to one of get to the peak of, you know, Maslow's hierarchy, you know, of needs and and hitting that self-actualization, you know, and I I think that's in a weird way, like there's always like, you know, skateboarding is a crime, you know, and and I was the one wearing the shirt that said skateboarding is not a crime, but um, yeah, it's, I think it's just really, it's, it's helped kind of take those dynamics and bring it to our company culture where we're constantly questioning for progression, you know, for that principle. So, well, um, I, just as we're talking, I'm thinking of other reasons that this would be an advantage. You know, you think about, um, do you know this book flow Mihai Csikszentmihalyi? Have you heard of this idea? I don't think I've, I haven't read that one. It's kind of like this idea of like, when you're really doing something that you should be, you know, that you were born to do, yeah. it's almost like you lose track of time and you're like, you're really killing it at what you're doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I was thinking about like, I was never, I was never a vert skater, but I think yeah. about the hours on mini skating yes. mini ramp and like, you know, when you really get into it and you like, you, it starts feeling like the board is an extension of your feet. Like it's ice skates, you know what I yeah. mean? And like, yep. you can lose hours, you know what I mean? And just like <laughs> this, this thing. But, um, I think about skateboarding as, you know, sure, there's there's all the negative connotations with the super dumb things that a lot of my friends did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, well-deserved reputation sometimes. <laughs> okay. um, but uh, I think about action sports and, and the many different ones I've tried and the ones that I've some that I've worked hard at. Yeah. And for me, skateboarding has a unique barrier to entry, you know, yeah. like entrepreneurship is not like the boy scouts everybody doesn't get a turn That's so true. you know what I mean yeah. like you you pay those lessons hard yeah. right yeah um and you think about the consequences especially street skating mm-hmm. right and like you know you hit the pavement off the six stair or whatever and like you're gonna feel it for there's a week or two, there. two yeah. mean, right <laughs> but um the other one is you know we're on the show we're really interested in achieving levels of mastery at things. And you just think about, I don't know if it was like this for you, but you think about how many teenage kids that, you know, maybe they're into the counterculture or whatever. I was, you know, for me, it was the kids listening to Nirvana. Right. (laughs) And so skateboarding is cool Mm -hmm. as a fashion statement. Totally. But the mastery to do the, the elemental trick of an Ollie. Yeah. Is such a dividing line. It is because it just takes so many hours, this level of coordination for something that, the the drastic majority of kids who get a skateboard never get over this first trick, there. right? Yeah. And, and uh, that's kind of the fundamental of everything else, right? Yeah. But yet it is like 
I mean, if you lack tenacity, you will not be a skateboarder. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can carry a skateboard. You can call yourself a skateboarder. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? But actually, yeah, and being part of, yeah, the actual act of skating. I, I think you're right, yeah. And you think about that, like, um, the habit of not having failure have you quit. Like, yeah. there's a few things I started. I was like, I couldn't do it. I look dumb. I don't want to look dumb. I'm not going to do this. Yeah. For me, skateboarding was like 90% not landing the trick or 95% not landing the trick, occasionally landing the new thing you're trying, right? Exactly. And um, it's like an 80-20 rule. Yeah. Like 80% trying to figure out how to do it. And then if you're lucky, getting consistent enough to the 20, but of landing it. And yeah. And, you know, I look at the best skaters and as soon as they're landing something consistently, they're onto the next thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean like there's not a lot of like sitting around? Yeah, right. It's, it's so true. It's a, you know building up your catalog of of tricks and yeah, it is it is constantly progressing and and I think that's where it's like you look at skating from like early '90s to like now. It's a totally different. It's a reinvented sport just because okay. of the progression, and the mega ramps, and the <laughs> yeah. if you want to go that way, right? Exactly. Um, Although I still love a, like a day one song, Rodney Mullen, you know, tech guys. <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty mind blowing. That's for right. Sure. <laughs> well, um, when you think about entrepreneurship and, and by the way, anybody wants to check out, um, Zach's website, we'll put a link to it right on his yeah. page on ideationcollective.com. But it's, awesome. it's book dot L Y. Correct. Is that, uh, it's actually book Lee. So B O O K L Y dot C O. That's here. Okay. Yes. Sorry. No, totally good. Um, when you think about, you know, the crashes and burns and, and what uh, things you had to be tenacious about to, to, yeah. uh, to, to, you know, achieve different levels of mastery, to put this together, to raise a million and a half dollars of venture money, to, to have this office full of staff I'm looking at. <laughs> what, what are some of the things that you felt like you had to keep beating on your craft to be able to get here? You know... At the end of it, it's everybody kind of has their own reasons of starting a business. And and I'm not saying like one is right and one is wrong. You know, some people, it kind of comes down to like asking yourself, you know, what kind of business are you really trying to build? You know, is it a lifestyle company? You know, are you just looking to like try and make a good living and buy a cool car and a good house and take vacations? And again, there's nothing wrong with that because... You know, we work hard so we can play hard and enjoy life. But, you know, I think the other aspect is like, again, thinking about are you trying to build a company that has a lasting impact or, you know, how, you know, how are you going to leave the world a better place? You know, what, what's your mark on the world? And, you know, I, I think kind of core- the goal looks different there. hey? Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and it really it doesn't become about money like when you're building your company and, you know, obviously when you bring in venture dollars, there's certain things, there's a lot of responsibility that goes with that because, you know, you're a steward of, you know, the investors who have faith in your company, you know, you're a steward to get them a good return. But on the same token, I think when you have a bigger picture in mind, you know, when you're a mission driven company, when there's a a purpose to what you're trying to do on a daily basis, it's much stronger, you know, than I think just um, being driven purely by monetary, you know, aspirations. But, um, and I think that's kind of how it correlates with me here is, and, and even with skateboarding, you know, it's, you know, it's passion of pursuit, you yeah. know, of trying to make, make an improvement that genuinely has like a great impact for everybody who's touched by what you're doing. And and how do you sum up the impact that you're trying to make? Um, for us personally, it's it really is focused on that small business owner because small businesses are the backbone of our country and we have an amazing country. I mean, America is like such a, an amazing place if we really think about it. Sure, it's like we've got our problems, but you know, it, I, I really like what how uh, Warren Buffett states it. It's like if we're born in America, it's like we've won the ovarian lottery. And, 
that just really resonates with me. So, and again, kind of going back to my roots of like starting my first business at 23, um, you know, and thinking back and putting myself, I constantly put myself back in those shoes of like, because that's, that's who our customers are. Literally every day who we talk to is me back at 23, you know, putting, pushing in all the chips, you know, being so devoted to your business that everything's on the line. And here, if we can make an impact for them, so we're taking less, we're helping them minimize their stress so they can have a clear mind to focus back on the company. That helps. Well, you know, that's, that's what drives us. You don't know this about me. I'm a total Warren Buffett nerd, like <laughs> t- total devotee, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting though, um, where he talks about the language of business is accounting. Yeah. And, 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 you know, for him, investing is not, you know, the trading of the trading of stocks or playing the stock market. It's the purchase and sale of businesses yep. as a fundamental perspective. Right. And, yeah. And so, you know, he's always talking about reading financial statements and, and understanding what people's annuals report, annual report actually means. Right. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, well, um, so when you think about this larger impact you're trying to make yeah. and, and you're building the business, what were, what were some of the skill sets that you realized were going to be needed? Did you need, did you need yeah. more leadership about hiring and leading? Did you need more yeah. tech guys? Did you, what, what, what did you think you needed to, to be the man out front? Yeah, no, it's, I think it really is just being, you got to be honest with yourself. Like in any, any venture, any pursuit, it's like, you have to own what you're good at and what you're not good at. And, you know, we've been very fortunate here at Bookly to build an amazing team, um, to fill in like all of those key components of, you know, leadership and experience, whether it's from, you know, building software to like leading large teams and scaling a company. Um, like what's an example of everybody says they've got an amazing team, right? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. What's an example of someone on average that, that you've uh, been able to get on your team on average, you know, like they're yeah. exceptional for what you guys need. Um, you know, I, I think it, it, it really all correlates back to probably someone who really gets as passionate about the mission. It's not so much maybe like raw skill set or like book knowledge. Um, it, it really is like commitment to the cause. Yeah, it, I, I think it. so. It, it is a commitment to the cause and, and having a clear understanding of like how powerful on a daily basis what it is we're doing. Um, you know, cause a lot of skill sets, I mean, we can all read books, we can all go to school and, and gain that, you know, kind of fundamental skill set. Um, and yeah, I, I think it really does come down to like, even when we hire team members, you know, we have a two part interview, you know, one of them is, you know, just purely skill set. Let's just see if the fundamentals are there. But we can also help nurture those fundamentals if there's maybe a shortcoming or kind of a gap. Um, but it really is culture, you know, for us. That's kind of, you know, we much rather hire. And there's probably tons of, like, HR professionals that are probably screaming right now. Like, no, you can't hire purely on, on culture. But for us, it's worked. And it's worked well. So Interesting. Then, yeah. So in your evaluation of yourself, right, I find most entrepreneurs, most people who are starting something, right? Yeah. Uh, usually it's somebody with a little bit of a risk tolerance, somebody with some <laughs> ambition, whatever, right? Yeah. So um, in your own assessment of knowing what you were good at and knowing what you needed to get somebody else to cover that part of the spectrum, yeah. what, what did you realize about yourself? Hey, this is what I should be doing and this is what I need to, this is what a gap I need to fill. Yeah. What, what, what were the ones that you had covered and what were the ones you knew you needed to fill? Yeah, it's man, that, that introspection is always tough because it's it's super easy to be like really self-critical. But I think also as a founder, you know, you, you kind of get self-conscious of you don't want people to know like your shortcomings or, you know, like your insecurities because you're you know, you have to like lead this team and you don't want people to think that you're insecure on. Yeah, on they want a shepherd they can trust. Yeah, totally, totally. So, I mean, really from my perspective, you know, I, I feel like 
I can really unite our team really well um, around our mission, our cause. And, you know, I have, you know, maybe it's my skateboarding roots. I have a, you know, high tolerance for risk. Um, I'm, you know, I love that injection of adrenaline, you know, pushing things to the extreme. But that, I think that's maybe, I don't know, maybe that's why I love startups and starting companies. Um, it just kind of correlates with that. But, you know, I mean, having team members who can focus on, you know, really those finite details of, you know, company metrics and, you know, dial in, like from an operational perspective, um, but where we can really pull together collectively. It's it's kind of like, I don't know, getting married. You know, I, I'd say like when you get married, you probably, you want to find that spouse who, you know, covers all of your weaknesses. So you're, you're like a perfect balance. And yeah, I'd say I got lucky in that end. My wife has been amazing, but, um, you know, it's very similar with, you know, when you're building a company and your team is, um, you know, find those weak, weak spots, know what they are, but don't be ashamed of them. And, you know, really focus on building a team around you to, to fill those gaps. Sure. So, well, let's talk about fundraising for a minute. Yeah. There's yeah. so many, um, people, you know, the, the democ- digital democracy, oh, you know, yeah. people, people, there's so many possibilities now. People are seeing so many, especially young people become successful in, in digital startups, um, online startups, uh, venture capital is, is, is a big part of that for a lot of people, or at least the desire is right. Yeah. And yet statistically so few secure that venture capital. Yeah. Um, what tips do you have or what do you think made the difference yeah. for you guys to be able to get the money that you needed to get going? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's like the golden question, you know, cause I think you're right. It's like, it is this, you know, we read about it constantly in the headlines of whether it's, it's almost like celebrity ask these days, right? Yeah, it, re- it really is. And you know, you really have to be conscientious of that and maybe don't let yourself get too sucked into like, I don't know. You really have to be cognizant when you're going down the road of like venture capital and raising money and and do it for the right reasons. You know, just because you have a company doesn't necessarily mean you should go raise money either. Um, But yeah, I mean, really some tips or or thinking it through is, um, God, it it really is like a very, it's kind of a stressful process. You know, it's, you have to find the right investors first and foremost, you know, just because. So what did, what did that look like for you guys when you're trying to find, yeah. you know, I feel like I've spent, you know, a decade plus in the fundraising world, obviously raised my own fund in yeah. Canada, right. That we yeah. then handed out, um, for you, when you were selecting investors, what were the kind of things that you said, Oh yeah, that's, that's somebody, I mean, at first it's, it's nice to say, but for a lot of us, it's like, Oh, they'll take the meeting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, <laughs> okay, totally. right? But yeah. if you, if you really did that, are there any thoughts about like, I'll tell you why we, you know, one firm we picked, we really want to talk to them because we knew this story about them or what, what was it that made you pick somebody that you wanted to pursue? Um, I I would say like we, we really got our foot in the door, um, with venture funding. It was really more accidental than intentional. It was, we were introduced to a, a local fund here, a kickstart seed fund. Um, and it was just an introduction from a uh, strategic partner that we have here at, at Bookly, and we weren't actually even looking to raise money. So it was it was rather interesting from that perspective. So it was kind of like destiny is you know how I look at it. But um, you know what it came down to at the end of the day for us to take money was having a like minded group of, you know, they got what we were trying to, to solve. You know, they really, you know, there was genuine excitement about what we're building here at Bookly. And, um, that in conjunction with just the genuine team, uh, of investors that we're, you know, that we're really lucky to have at this point. Um, I, I think that that's what kind of was the tipping point was it was a like-minded group, but they were willing to, you know, allocate those resources to help us build that dream and to build it at a grander scale than what we initially thought. So Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I was at a, a breakfast this week with, with a guy. He's um, 
considering taking the CEO role at a, at a firm. It's got a couple million bucks of funding behind it. And oh, he, wow. we were asking, he was asking some advice to you, you know, he wanted to know what I thought about, is this a right career move for him and whatever, yeah. right? And it would be merging a, a different organization that he runs and, um, and taking the lead. And my, my big issue was like coming up with a great idea. Not so hard, yeah. you know, uh, finding, finding investors who are willing to gamble on you, <laughs> right? Like it, it's not, uh, it's not necessarily a predictor of success, right? Yeah. Um, but the ability to secure a customer is, yeah. is a pretty big indicator. Um, so many good, ide- good ideas out there these days, you know, the, the big boys are moving online. Yeah. Uh, there's certainly other startups in, in a, in a similar sector of the industry. Um, when you think about why somebody chooses Bookly or not, like what have you done to be able to, like you build something awesome. Great. Yeah. But how do you get people to want it from you? What, how does that work? Um, for me, I, I think it was, again, maybe this is the unfair advantage that we've had is I really built the company and the process and our product, our software, everything really comes from my firsthand experience of being that business owner. Because I've been, I've been where our customers are. So I think that that's really what has helped, helped us get there. And, you know, we, we didn't take that approach of, you know, um, kind of, the field of dreams of build it and they will, they will come. It was, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess really what it comes down to is you have to know your customer, know your customer before you take any action, because, you know, when it comes to like reiterating your product or your service, you know, if you have that inside track of really genuinely, that's, I think that's the kicker is genuinely knowing your customer and genuinely building a solution for them that's going to solve their needs or their pain points. Um, you know, I, I'd say that that's going to give you a leg up and kind of put you ahead of the curve really. Well, I I think there's some wisdom in that. You know, uh, I was talking to a a mentor of mine this morning on the East coast and he was, he was a bit asking, you know, what's the iteration of this business at the (laughs) show and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I was just talking about my addiction to audiobooks. I think I've <laughs> in the last nine years, I think I've averaged an, an audiobook a week kind of thing. Right. And so That's then when, really pod, when podcasts came out, I added those on top and totally, and yeah. I basically just said like, well, I just thought I'd make something I wanted to listen to. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I think it is a massive advantage for you to essentially be solving your own problem, like yeah. solving a problem that you had. Yeah. Right. Because there's such a closed loop on knowing if it's actually solving, you know, exactly. I can't think of a startup team that would raise their hand and say, I don't know my customer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, the level of intuitiveness, like the, like the depth to how much they know their customer or not, I think there's definitely a range on yeah. sit around the conference table, drinking our own Kool-Aid. Yes. We know our own customer versus like deeply identifying with the, the issues and the stresses. And, yeah. and, um, when you were talking about the sales pitch of reducing the anxiety of yeah. the small business owner, I mean, it's, it's a, they love that they don't have a boss anymore. Exactly. They hate the anxiety <laughs> of the workload and the cons. You know, my it's, friend says uh, yeah. he loves entrepreneurship. He gets to choose which sixteen hours a day he works. <laughs> so there's a lot of truth in that, and you know, it's it really does come down to like, you know, the the comment you had is just like, you know, being your own boss. But you know, you really have to be cognizant so you don't fall into that trap of you know the business becomes your boss. You know and. That, that's really what we want to solve, though, is so people can remain the boss rather than the business running them completely. Sure. So, um, another thing that I see a lot is, you know, people found a, found a company and they're everything's great as long as they're living off the investor dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, what about the profits? Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's that's really kind of the the separating who can do an ollie or not. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> right. A good point. Yeah. That's a good so. For you guys, are you very, you know, I know you're, you do content marketing. Are you do yeah. a lot of digital marketing? Do you do in-person events? Like what tactically, what, what, yeah. what's the iterations look like for securing customers? So, Cause you guys have what yeah. thousand customers in every state in the country. Yeah. Yeah. All over the U S. Um, so really for us, it, it's kind of been a mixture and, you know, really it, businesses are constantly reiterating everything, you know, from how they provide the service to how they support to, you know, how they promote and and everything else. So, 
Yeah, it, it really is a mixture. I mean, we do our content marketing, um, and then we do you know events kind of randomly all over the U.S. Different, you know, we've you know this last year, you know, I don't know, we've probably done five or six different speaking events. Um, and which, where where will you speak? Um, typically at like a small business convention or with uh, like some of our strategic partners that also work with uh, a lot of small business owners. The so, water, kind of like the watering hole where your customers are already. Yeah, kind of yeah stuff. Okay. exactly. So it, it really, you know, I, I think if we're talking about like customer acquisition, it, it really comes down to trying to, you know, be intuitive about where do your customers go? You know, where besides you, where are your customers? And then it's just creating very reciprocal relationships with other you know, like-minded companies out there um, that can really help, you know, I, I guess, inject growth to, to any organization. So that's, that's been an exciting way for us to grow as a company. So Sure. Um, well, before we started the show, we were talking about child rescue for a minute. Yeah. And, and we're always asking people, um, you know, what advice do you have for us? We're trying to get more people to care about rescuing kids from child sex trafficking and, yeah. and, uh, making that a thing in history, <laughs> turning it into history instead of a current problem. Exactly. Um, any thoughts, what, what you do if you were us or things we maybe should try? Man. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, look, it's, it's such a huge problem. And the, the thing that is very consistent is big problems that are hard to solve or often not solved quickly or fast enough. Um, so I, I think it is just, you know, I mean, there's so many facets of like, you know, growth hacking and, and you know, how, how do we maybe even look at disrupting how this problem has been attempted, uh, how we've attempted to solve this problem in the past, you know, and, and questioning it. Like, is there, is there something that we really haven't tried before? I mean, I know these are a lot of, you know, hypothetical questions that I'm throwing back at you, but you know, that's the one thing that's always helped guide me in life is constantly questioning. Like, you know, we are working on a genuine, amazing problem that needs to be solved in our world. Um, and that's, that's what's, I guess, you, you know, it looks, it's almost beyond, you know, my pay scale where you think about it's, Oh, it's such a global epidemic. And um, I guess really trying to break that down to the simple of where does it all start? You know, how, how does trafficking start? And what's, what's the root cause of it? And how can we, how can we kill the root of that plant? Um, it's really, it's a hard question to get yeah. advice on. But well, it's a good point, you know. Makes me think about you know the objectification of women and, yeah. and children and um, you know in almost all these cases the law enforcement officers tell us there's rampant pornography consumption mm. beforehand that turns into them wanting to act it out right yeah um, interesting I, I like the I like the thoughts um, okay so you have done some unaverage things yeah um, for you what do you think makes the difference or, or is there anyone that gave you like unique advice that maybe isn't just what everybody would expect to hear that made a difference for you? Anything like that stand out? You know, I, I'd say it's, it's like collective advice and, mm. and that I've gotten in my life. And I wouldn't say it's like from, you know, one particular role model or another, but really it's just like a constant consumption of books. That's, that's just been like my, I don't know. It, it's always been something from like my early twenties that it's been a great habit of mine of reading. And, you know, one thing that I've found is at your current moment, whenever you read a book, there's typically always something that you can take out of that book and apply to your current situation that gives you that meaningful inspiration or guidance or you know, just random thoughts. I mean, that's, that's the one cool thing of just constantly trying to learn, you know, learning is, it really is like a lifelong thing if, you know, and, and that's kind of goes down the rabbit hole of like formal education of, you know, 
you get an education to, you know, expand yourself and it goes back to earlier what I was talking about, like, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of, you know, you want, you want to pursue self-actualization. Um, so it, it's really hard for me just to pinpoint like one piece of advice um, or one inspirational person because there's been, you know, so many aspects. No, that, that's yeah. okay. Um, I think the question I'm asking is, and by the way, I want a list of books. I mean, I'm seeing <laughs> The Ultimate Question 2.0, Habit, Charles, Charles Duhigg. You know, I'm see, I like the stack I'm seeing over here. But um, when you think about, there's a lot of other people who have had collective advice. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, some people call them entrepreneurs. They <laughs> yeah. read the books. Yeah. Right? Totally. Um, uh, you're not a very arrogant guy. Okay. <laughs> But you have done something different that what, um, any thoughts about what it is that you've done different than, than kind of the masses that would like to do something different? Yeah, I, it's, you know, self introspection is like so hard. Um, I think it's just, I've never wanted just to be complacent, like to settle in. I've always just wanted I don't know. I've just always wanted to make a greater contribution. I, I think that's what it is at the end of the day is just, and there's nothing wrong with having a good kind of standard career working for a company and, you know, just having a good professional experience. But for me, it's just been, you know, sitting in a cubicle and kind of doing a normal nine to five. has just never been for me. And I think at the end of the day, it really is just like I've wanted to do something greater. And what that greater is, I think I'm still trying to find out. You know, that's like a constant pursuit. And even as this company builds and continues to grow and become more successful, um, I don't know if it'll ever be satisfied, really. So um, maybe it's just a you know, something that need for the next trick in the trick bag. Yeah, I I guess so. It's like, yeah, it correlates directly back to skating. Cause it's like, once you land one trick, it's like, what's the next iteration of that trick, you know? And okay. If I can, if I can ollie down like 10 stairs, can I do 12? No, I can't. I can't do 12. (laughs) I I, have too many old man bones. I stick to mini ramp now, (laughs) which is totally okay. I'm, I'm right there with you now. Um, yeah, only you know, the, only skateboarders say "old man bones" in their thirties, right? <laughs> yeah, Cause you have, no, you have like a lifetime worth of crashes. Yeah, <laughs> so true. Interesting. Well, um, do you have any heroes in life, whether they're hmm. you know traditional heroes or just a hero to you? Man, God, I mean, or mentors, or just people you look up to. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we all kind of have our standards, you know, like, I think there's moments of, of in time or like growing up, like, there's always people that we're exposed to, you know, throughout life. And I think they offer, you know, it's it's kind of like a book, they, they kind of offer moments of inspiration or guidance at that particular moment when it's needed. It, it's kind of strange, I think, how that works. So, you know, I, I think there's been a lot of like my good friends growing up that, you know, have been kind of those like rocks, you know, when, when you need them growing up in life, you know, people have been positive, um, influences, you know, and then there's like moments where, you know, our parents are, are, you know, they provide that maybe foundation. Um, my wife has been like, I would say out of everybody in my life, you know, by far the most influential person to make me want to be a better version of me in in what way um in a lot of ways i guess it's it's really like does she question you does she make suggestions (laughs) outside of her being like a full-time like psychologist for me um you know she, um, she constantly analyzes me and and gives that positive or constructive feedback of you know she's she's a great sounding board i and i think that's kind of where maybe role models come in as they can be sounding boards and, you know, you can be genuine and, you know, being a startup founder, you know, again, going back to what we were talking about earlier is, you know, you have those insecurities, but you can't necessarily, 
you know, talk to just anybody and everybody about those. So finding that sounding board is, I think, super crucial. Um, so you can find your weaknesses, have them be exposed, and you can identify and work on them and, and try and improve as a person. So, um, yeah. You know, it's interesting you talk about that. I think about, you know, having read or, you know, other successful entrepreneurs talking so much about how the quality of one's spouse yeah. it has an influence on the on the probabilities of success, oh, right? Totally, yeah. And I think so. I do some coaching for for some CEOs and um, for some trafficking survivors for child rescue. Um, and I think about the CEOs. You know, some are earlier stage. Uh, one specifically is very very late stage. You know, far surpassed me, but we have a unique relationship. And um, it is sometimes kind of lonely in ways of. Yeah. There are concerns or things that you can't share with your shareholders. Yeah. There's concerns or issues you can't share with your staff. They're looking to you to lead the way. Yeah. Um, and uh, so having somebody to confide in or to even just vent to, because yeah. it's like, I have a fear that I feel like I'm not allowed to have. Yep. And, but by <laughs> verbalizing it, maybe it can come from, you know, come in from the cold of being in the unknown. Maybe exactly. we can start to put some bo- meat on the bones and figure out what to do about it. So. Uh, it's interesting you talk about that, um, and uh, I like the idea of her being your full-time psychologist. I think my <laughs> wife could fit that pill. Um, well, um, let's talk about books for a minute. What are yeah. what are some of the what are some of the top of the hit list for you? Oh man, okay. So let's see. Some, you know, I, I guess I don't know. I have a pretty widespread. Um, collection of books and what do you what do you think innovators or entrepreneurs today should be reading what are some um, of you, what, what would you recommend you know there, there's always like the basic books in that particular genre it's like i i think the problem that some of us fall into is like because we're in business i th- i think there's that common misconception of like we need to go just read business books and and don't get me wrong. I consume a lot of them. You know, there's like the lean startup, you know, Eric Reese, there's amazing ones like that. And, um, you know, another cool book was like lean analytics. Um, you know, it's a very nerdy book, like gets right into like the nitty gritty of like what you should be watching for in your particular company, what you need to be tracking, you know, all the, from a data perspective. Um, but then there's, I don't know, kind of reaching outside of that genre to find other inspiration. Because, again, information that we digest and consume can really be applied in so many different ways. Um, so, I mean, there's there's other cool books that are on my shelf, like um, Tony Hawk. You know, he wrote his book, The Unlikely Ascent of, uh, or Unlikely CEO, um, his ascent into becoming a CEO of his you know, I guess behemoth corporation. Um, Rodney Mullen wrote a really cool book called Mutt. Um, it's an amazing kind of autobiography. It's really cool. Um, and they're very inspirational in their own ways. Um, but it's just, again, taking from those books and trying to apply them to like where you're at in life and, you know, how does that impact you? And I mean, I'm a big fan of like Malcolm Gladwell, you know, tipping point, um, outliers you know his whole series of books um yeah so those those have all been pretty inspirational but we could probably rattle off you know huge reading list but i guess like no i'm totally with you like i think the book that had the biggest effect on me last year was uh the adam brown story it's called um fearless it's a seal team six dev crew guy um, just total american hero and uh, has this huge twist in the, like, you know, about 20% in the book. You totally don't see coming. And then you're seeing, how is this possibly going to turn into what I know it turns into, <laughs> given that that happened? And then the guy is just like, just like lived this life of like practical faith and did all these things that shouldn't have been able to be done. And yeah. it's like, um, I don't know, for me, it's like that book helped me not let myself off the hook. Yeah. so much anymore but knowing what he was up against that he did yeah. makes me my excuses seem a lot more weak 
that's see that's what's amazing is like it i mean what you're what you're talking about is like exactly how i don't know constant reading can help like especially in the role of like a startup founder you know to a certain degree it's kind of a lonely journey but you know if, if you find that inspiration somewhere you know just finding it is like the first step of like i don't know it's it's, it's really cool i don't know it's pretty amazing how i can help you from that perspective yeah so, and yeah well um you know, I feel like we've covered some leadership stuff. We've covered some some marketing, some how to get <laughs> how to how to attract people to want what you've got. On on the innovation and iteration side of things, yeah. Um, what is unique about what you guys have built? Again, yeah, there's a bunch of competitors out there. What totally. what is your what is your unfair advantage? Um, like yeah. specifically, oh, our tool does this, or our you know, like this was a thing that's got us also when we implemented that. Customers went up or... Yeah, exactly. So really part, part of our journey of like challenging the status quo of like small business accounting, you know, part of our mission is like we literally want to put a accountant or a bookkeeper in the hand of every small business owner. You know, the way business is being conducted is changing so rapidly that, you know, you can see it in all the other trends. You know, we're consuming like social media more and more on a mobile from a mobile perspective and the way that we handle our accounting and bookkeeping really shouldn't be any different so you know we've recently launched our ios app that you can download in in the apple uh, apple app store right now that's uh, bookly mobile so literally you can download the app and you know as we're going through working with you you can directly communicate with your dedicated bookkeeper through your mobile device and, you know, upload images and send receipts and a bunch of cool things. But, you know, we're, we're enabling that business owner to not have to change the way they're conducting business to manage their back office and bookkeeping and taxes. Literally, they can do it on the go. They have access to our team whenever they need it. Whereas if I have QuickBooks, QuickBooks online or something, yeah. uh-huh. that's, that's not available. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. With QuickBooks or, you know, any other legacy uh, software out there, um, it's really what we classify as a do-it-yourself solution. It's a good technology, but where it's missing the mark is it's putting the responsibility back on the business owner where, look, you can have that piece of software, but it's up to you to take the time how to learn how to use it. But the, the ultimate opportunity cost is to use it correctly, you have to take the time to understand accounting methods and principles. Because if you're not doing it correctly, your books aren't going to be accurate. Or when it comes time to do your taxes, your numbers are going to be off. And, you know, the, the bottom line is, like, for most small businesses, they end up failing because they're mismanaging their money. And if we can help them alleviate that to ensure that they're doing it correctly... You and know. it's because the system does some of that for them instead of them having to learn all that. Correct. Yeah. So we provide the software. It syncs with their bank accounts, credit cards. All of the transactions come into our software automatically. So our clients don't have to worry about bank statements or receipts or a lot of the traditional headache. And then on top of that, as those transactions are coming in, they have a dedicated professional bookkeeper who's going through categorizing and reconciling all the transactions for them. Um, And then the longer we work with them, our software actually is learning. So we're going to have fewer questions for them down the road. Um, So it becomes really intuitive. And again, we're just continuing to save them more time every single month that we're working with them. Um, And it just completely streamlines it. And then at the end of each month, we're sending out you know, updated financial statements, or they can log into the software and um, pull reports and have access to the visual dashboard at any time. Um, So they really get a visual depiction of what's going on in the company literally any time. And, you know, it really is, we're propelling, here here at Bookly, we're really propelling small businesses, uh, business owners closer to uh, real-time bookkeeping. So literally transactions from yesterday, we want to make sure that they're getting categorized today rather than waiting until, 
you know, the 15th of next month to understand what happened, you know, and in business, that's what's going to give them a competitive advantage of, you know, really staying on top of their finances so they can make better decisions, whether it's hiring, marketing, you know, just getting a true ROI on on what they're doing. So, (laughs) well, um, I know I'm like challenging you on the introspective questions, but it's kind of fun. So, uh, I'm thinking, you know, most entrepreneurs at any given point on the teeter totter, we either need more humility or more confidence, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, and you know, just from the time we spent together, I feel like you're probably someone who does better at moderating themselves of like, you know, you get treated different when you're the guy, you yeah, know? Yeah. And so if you have any desire to feel special, there's a lot of external evidence to make you think maybe you count more than other people or something like this. And especially if we have previous insecurities and and now we've got proof that, Oh, look at how fancy I am. Right. So, um, do you have any habits or any things you do when you realize, um, that maybe you're too big for your britches or whatever to get the, get the teeter totter back to even, um, (laughs) you know, I think it's just constantly, you know, taking in your company and like, I mean, even just like looking out, you know, the glass doors right now, looking at the team, it really is the perception of, look, great companies are not built by one person. It's a team. Like everybody out there is making a contribution to propel this company forward and to accomplish our mission. So I, you know, I think that's one thing that's rather unique, like with our work, with our office you know, it's a giant open space. We can all see each other. It's just like we're a family unit and, you know, we're doing this together. So I think that's the one thing that really helps me is just constantly, you know, just observing that. Sure. Yeah. What about the other direction? You know, it's easy. There's a lot of comparisons in business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe it's some some situation where you're with someone that seems intimidating or whatever. What about times when you realize, you know, the teeter totter is the wrong way. Um, anything you, Mm -hmm. you tips you do to help realize like, Hey, I may not know everything, but I do know what I do know or anything to help like with confidence side of, you know, I like anything. I think it's cost like we constantly have to reiterate everything in our life, ourselves, our, you know, our company, our products, our service, um, our perspective. Um, so yeah, it, it really is like, you just have to be genuine in your dealings with everybody. And I think when you're genuine and, and yeah, maybe sometimes that's hard because, you know, you want to impress people or, you know, at moments or, you know, there's a lot of other scenarios, but I find like, if you just want to have a genuine relationship with whoever you're talking to in that moment. Um, I think it can kind of help maintain a good equilibrium. I don't know. Well, I think there's some magic in what you said about if the focus stops being self-focus, right? If it's about this person you're trying to genuinely engage with instead of what will they think of me? What will I look like? Exactly. Uh, naturally would, you know, (laughs) suck the air out of that balloon of anxiety. If it, it stops being so much about us. Yeah. That's great advice. It's helped me, I think, yeah. but I'm not perfect. Uh, uh, <laughs> hold on. What? Jeez. I'm going to scrap this interview. Okay. Um, well, listen, this has been a great hour. Appreciate the time you've given with us. What, um, just any, any parting advice you have for entrepreneurs out there in um, the grind zone, trying to decide what to work hard at, at just and any yeah. advice in general that you have for, for people who are trying to make something? Man, like the, yeah, the golden piece of advice is always like hard to hard to give give out because it's just yeah. I, I think at the end of the day, it's just finding what you want to invest your time in, and and really like if your entire if your entire existence is just like motivated or driven over. I don't know, just you have to find something that's kind of beyond the material aspect of living. I think that's, that's, what's going to help you really make a contribution and uh, do something amazing. 
So hopefully that's a solid piece of advice. I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out. I think it's great. Again, thanks for being on the show. And uh, awesome. this yeah. is great. No, thanks for having me. It's been a, it's been a good conversation. And that's the show. Thanks for listening today. Again, if you're interested in the bonus materials that we will be producing, make sure to come to our website and join the ideation collective while it's still free. The website iCollective.co slash free. Again, iCollective.co slash free. And as always, if you want to learn more about getting involved in helping the team rescue kids from traffickers, please visit iCollective.co slash child rescue. Hi, welcome to the Subway ad for $2.99 subs. How would you like it? Uh, I'll take Drill Sergeant, please. You got it. All right, now listen up. I want each and every one of you to drop and give me a six-inch meatball marinara. Cold cut combo. Veggie delight. Or black forest ham on your choice of bread with any veggies you want for just $2.99 each. Make it what you want at participating restaurants. Additional charge for extras plus applicable tax. No additional discounts or coupons may be applied.